Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your MPSA podcast. And welcome to today's team, Bill McVicker, Technical Support Manager, American Print for Incorporate, Edgar Mosteller, CEO, Perform IT US LLC, and our special guest, Ron Alpin, Vice President, Sales Operation, AED and Federal, and Paul Peterson, Director of Business Intelligence and Managed Services at Guy Brown. As an international independent industry body, the MPSA provides education, research, and best practices to help organizations actively manage and optimize their document output devices and related business processes. And to make sure you're up to date with what's going on in the industry, to share insights and expertise with you in a timely manner, the Education Committee has decided to bring hot topics to you via podcast. Easy to consume wherever you are, and picking up on hot topics. And today we want to take a closer look at security. What is it? How important is it? Why should I care at all? How can I implement a security strategy? And so on. The MPSA Standards and Best Practice Committee has recently released a security white paper. And today we have Ron Alpin and Paul Peterson with us to take a deep dive into the paper and security in the office. Ron, Paul, for those who are listening and don't know who you are, please introduce yourselves. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Ron Alpin here. Uh, I've been in the MPS industry for approximately 13 years now, most of that, so 11 years on the commercial side of the business. So I uh, started out with a small copier reseller for a few years, went to work for about eight years with a large national distributor, um, and then moved over uh, to a remanufacturer of supplies and hardware, focused on MPS for a few years. And then the last two years, been with a, a federal government-focused reseller selling managed print services. I've been a member of the MPSA since 2009, um, and then have been part of the board during that time frame for multiple terms. I've also been on the Standards and Best Practices Committee since it was founded in 2009, um, and then I served as a member most of those years, but also as a chair for a few of those years. I've also been part of the CompTIA Managed Print and Technology Lifecycle Communities uh, for uh, several years as well. Thank you, Ron. Paul, over to mm -hmm. you. Yeah, thanks, Petra. Paul Pedersen here. Uh, I've been in the MPS industry for yeah over 12 years now. My career began in the traditional copier sales, as I'm sure most of us did. Moving into MPS program consultancy and RFP tender preparation to being in charge of the overall program for an ICT company in South Africa. I'm now based in the US for the past two years and I continue to assist clients in gaining control over their print ecosystems. Uh, I've been a member of the NPSA for a number of years, can't remember how many at this moment, but uh, served on standards and best practices committee and I've actually been being the chair for the past two years. Thanks, Paul. Bill, you um, volunteered to help us today with, with leading that podcast and, and leading the question and answer session. Over to you and over to a exciting discussion. Thanks, Petra. And thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. Um, what was the inspiration for creating a white paper on security? Most people don't consider their MPS program something that has a high vulnerability. 
Well, Bill, I think the most important aspect is that, you know, the latest IT industry focus has been around security. It's been the buzzword, the buzz term, whatever you would like to call it, but it really has become a newfound focus, even though security has been uh, at the top of uh, everybody's minds for the longest time. The problem is, is that people who are trying to breach um, the security barriers within organizations are getting a lot smarter and they're finding additional ways and means to do so. And the, the print environment and fleet is no different from a, an access point. So the timing is very much appropriate to bring renewed focus to this risk uh, surrounding you know, print program and the fleet. And uh, the industry experts who we are need to start doing some effective consulting and guiding for our customers and to make sure that we're protecting them and maintaining their ecosystems uh, in a holistic manner. Yeah, so I, I would agree exactly with what Paul uh, mentioned. I think we, we had several options on topics when we were looking at initiatives and certainly because the awareness that's in the marketplace, not just in managed print, but the business as a whole around breaches, you hear about them almost every day in that. So uh, that caused us to put that front and center among those other priorities. Um, of course, this, this is agnostic, touches all businesses, government, even personally people. Um, so that's what really drove it to be front and center for us and certainly uh, in regards to managed print. We focus in managed print on data, whether it's moving it electronically, viewing it, printing it, um, managing the data. We're all vulnerable to it. So what can we do? What can we help our customers and our resellers and our association with that can provide value um, in this area? So that's what drove that. I really like the layout of the white paper. Uh, would you mind giving a high level overview of how it is constructed? Sure. Um, you know, the, the document is 64 pages in length, so we've put quite a bit of meat onto the bones within the document. But uh, primarily, the, what we've tried to achieve is to make two major sections, one being hardware and the other software, because in most instances, when you talk about a print environment, it very much sort of focuses on those two aspects within in the environment. And um, in each topic, We've made sure that we've tried to keep a uniform structure so that it keeps for easy reading. And by, to achieve that, what we've done is had sections of definition, considerations, and benefits for each. And we delve into each one of those aspects uh, at length because, again, this topic took us about a year to close on a year and a half to complete. So it was a very big undertaking. And one, everybody knows that security is a very broad topic. Uh, there are many elements, aspects that one needs to take into consideration when defining an appropriate security policy for one's customer. So you can't make it short, but at the same time, you don't want to make it too long that you lose people and give, take away the ability to get focus on having security policies for your customers. The key is to go and uh, take bite-sized chunks out of how you can assist your customer and slowly but surely uh, build it into an overarching um, policy that looks after every element. And hopefully this white paper, we believe, has done a fair job in, in giving that understanding from a baseline, uh, a good template to, to work from, 
uh, a good overview, but it certainly isn't the silver bullet. Um, we, a lot of additional research and work needs to be done, but certainly it's a good um, litmus test for uh, company owners to, to use and as a guide on, on how to implement. Yeah, no, certainly agree with that. Um, the only other thing I would say is that we, we utilize the methodology that we have done in the past when we did layouts, and that's to follow that ITIL service methodology. So that was one of the founding principles, certainly the collaborative nature of our uh, committee. So we're very diverse. So across many different facets of the MPS community, varying levels of uh, technical aptitude and so forth. So by being collaborative and then going back and forth on how we would lay the data out, um, I think we got to the point that Paul was getting to that we broke those areas up and tried to make them as digestible as we could. So even if you're just a, a novice or, or new person to the industry, you could at least understand the flow from the background, the intent, the scope, then jumping right into the content, the best practices, um, making that a consistent flow across each one of the sections we, we went through, and then finally rolling it up into a summary and a conclusion which best practice recommendations, I think, tied it all together well at the end. Thank you. Um, the breadth of this white paper is extremely impressive. Um, would you recommend that dealers focus on specific areas initially or have an awareness of all potential risks when designing their MPS program or communicating with their customers? So I'll take that first this time, Paul. So I, I think the best and most secure protection will always be that layered protection, right? So um, yes, there's many different layers. A lot of people can take a practice or an approach of, of single protection point, like just shut down everything and lock it down potentially. Um, what that does is it creates the ability, it locks down the ability to be creative, to collaborate back and forth. So the best practice that we've seen and we recommend through the process of that paper and that is a layered approach. So make sure you have uh, the protections in the individual sections and areas that will protect you, but still allow you to conduct business and, and transact data in that. Um, it's also important to know all those different areas in that and how they relate to each other, right? So um, you could put one and protect one area, but if you don't protect the other one, then you really, you haven't done any good in your overall protection or security uh, methodology. Um, so I, th I think the, the, one of the main key things is to communicate to your customer all the different variables and help them understand them. Um, and make sure you're asking questions and probing in to elicit their thought process in that to make sure that they're covering all their bases. Uh, perfectly. Uh stated and positioned wrong, couldn't really do much more than, than what you've provided there. The only potential other aspect to consider would be keeping the discussion focused with the particular vertical or the customer and the business that they perform. So healthcare is very different to government, financial or manufacturing. However, each have elements that require specific focus to support their industry or federal regulations. So in other words, do your homework on your client or prospective client and guide them on the journey of navigating the plethora of security vulnerabilities that exist. Because remembering that these clients, it's very much a minefield. Uh, they don't really know where to start. And we need to be those 
experts that can provide them the appropriate navigation to, to get through. Excellent. I can see a dealer using this content to create educational classes as a way to either market to potential clients or bring additional value to current customers. As an MPSA member, would that be allowed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the values that we bring to our members as an association. So this information, uh, we have a number of, me uh, of uh, members that put together, took the time and research to put this all together, and that was to educate our members, but also uh, to allow them to use it in whatever they need to help them be successful um, and make our industry more successful as a well. whole. Yeah, I couldn't say it much better, Ron. And and the one thing that the MPSA is trying to to garner and and bring people to do more of is to collaborate as an industry. So, you know, this white paper is hopefully going to provoke some some questions, some thoughts, and people are going to pick at it, and uh, we will hopefully have some conversations or debates starting from it, because that is where the the real wealth comes from, where people start sharing experiences, uh, understandings, and we as an organi or organization, primarily MPSA, but also as an industry, make ourselves better and better. And as we do that, we of course make it um, so much better for our customers at the end of the day. You talk about various certifications available. Do you recommend that individuals in the, the dealers' organizations have earned these, not only for gaining the proper knowledge, but also for building credibility with your customers? Ron, let me take this one first, if that's okay. So 100% correct on both. Uh, by having a list of certified engineers supporting your program, it not only speaks to the fact that you know what you're talking about, but it's also that you're not just reading a brochure and saying, well, it says it should be able to, so therefore surely it must. Because we all know that what the brochure states is not necessarily uh, the, the truth and reality at the end of the day. It all depends on how you have uh, installed, configured, and what sort of network you're attached to. So to put it plainly, uh, would you let your financial accountant perform heart surgery on you? Uh, certainly would hope not. And as well as the fact that if you do not have a certified team building the program, you're invariably going to cause issues in your customer's environment and potentially ruin your existing relationship. So is that really worth it? I think that's, that comes down to the bottom line of it. You want to make sure that you are seen as being an, an expert in your industry um, and at the same time safeguarding your customer and thereby yourself with the programs you implement. Yep, uh, yes, I agree with both of those uh, uh, topics and, and what Paul has stated. I mean, I think it's important that you make sure that you're promoting that. So you're not only using it in the dialogue, so in designing the solution and the approach for the customer in that, um, it helps in that area. It also, of course, builds that credibility. So if they see you know what you're talking about and your recommendations are sound, um, then that gives you that accreditation with them that you are that uh, consummate pro professional and uh, guide that they need uh, to, to partner with. So I certainly agree with that. I think they also, what I see a lot happening is a dealership or a business will not promote it properly. So we'll get up further, way down the line in conversations with the customer. And then finally, it'll come out that uh, the engineers have their certifications. And then the, the customer will state, oh, I, I wasn't aware that you had that certification. That's great. <laughs> that, that's something what we've been looking for internally. So I think what that 
if you go to the trouble of getting those certifications, not only using it in structuring your proposals and solutions, but make sure you're advertising it and you're making it aware because it's a differentiator. If, some, if they're talking to multiple people and they're seeing that you're certified in certain areas, certainly in a security type area, that's going to clearly distinguish you from the competition from the beginning. Okay. Uh, depending on the, the sophistication and size of the dealer, I understand that some are not going to have the right resources to properly address the security concerns of their customers. They're not going to have the certifications. They're not going to have the people. Um, are you aware of anyone in the industry that dealers could partner with that could handle the various areas of security and let the dealer focus on the more traditional areas of selling and servicing their customers? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll start, if you don't mind, Paul. So I see these resources popping up more and more every day. So it's, it's like every other day I'll get an email from a new one that I haven't heard from that's popping up with some type of security type services. Some are very singular and focused, right? Like end user training or threat detection, things like that. But a lot of them, so it's ones like MSPs, so managed security service providers that are purely focused on that area and a complete uh, menu of services in that. So common ones like SecureWorks or uh, DXC, or actually they're Prospecta now, but a number of those large ones uh, are out there. OEMs, so HP, Lexmark, Xerox, others, um, have security-related uh, software solutions as well as services that go along with those. Um, so a reseller can build their own solution, get their own certified people, um, deliver their own services. They can partner with OEMs. They can bring in, partner with managed service providers. The key is really to reach, search, and interview if you are going to go outside of your own business. What makes sense for you? If it's partnering is that, Make sure you do your homework, do your due diligence to make sure who you're partnering with has an experience and background that aligns with whatever your methodology is, your go-to-market strategy is, and that they're confident enough that they represent you well. Because that diligence and that time that you put up front to qualify them and make sure they're the right uh, partner will pay off to you um, in the long run. Uh, Ron, you you are bang on there. It's uh, you you you're absolutely correct. And the most important thing is that it it takes time to build an internal competency, and it's not worth rushing the process. You know the the road to being successful is long and narrow, and if you take shortcuts, you will find yourself in a bit of a difficult situation. So don't do that. Rather. Lean on those who have the experience, who have the certifications, who are prepared to partner with you in an engagement. And as Ron's mentioned, there are many out there. Just do the due diligence and make sure they have the same uh, ethos as your organization and how you want to go to market. And then cater for the needs of, the, of those customers. Take the, in, when you're ready, you built up that competency, you have your own support program in place, you've benchmarked it and tested it with regards to what you have uh, experienced with maybe some managed providers in, in, in your bed, uh, you know, then take the leap of faith and don't be afraid to put one step forward and then the next. But, you know, rather crawl, then walk and then run. Don't get ahead of yourselves. Do it, uh, do it properly. So what was the most surprising thing that you found during your research? <laughs> well, uh, for me, it was how truly... Uh, <laughs> little I knew about the depth of the topic and all the exposure points. So luckily, uh, as I mentioned, we have a very diverse team. 
um, some with deep technical knowledge in that. So as we started going through, well, what are some of the areas, both from a hardware and a software perspective, that we would really truly want to look at that relates to managed print or documents or data? Um, you know, for me, originally going into this, I was I was thinking, you know, antivirus and <laughs> end user protection. Those were pro that was probably the breadth of my knowledge at that point. Very quickly. Um, I came to learn that there were so many other um, vulnerabilities within a network and within a user's environment that you had to be cognizant of and put in layered protection uh, to make sure that you had the right protection uh, to adequately uh, uh, keep you out of trouble. So um, that, that really came true to me. It was very much a learning experience as I went through this, and that's why I was excited Yes, it's a lot of information. Yes, it's technical in some spots, so sometimes hard to, um, you know, stay true to and stay stay up with what the topic of the conversation is. But in the long run, you come out of it with the knowledge and an understanding that makes you much more capable to have understandings and make your customers aware of what the true vulnerabilities in this area are, which are often overlooked because they don't consider the print devices in a vulnerability, they're thinking their computers or their network systems. So that that's what uh, was the most important thing that and surprised me that I came out of. Yeah, the, the interesting part for me was the difference in interpretations of security and, and risk. As Ron mentioned, we had quite a diverse uh, group of, of experts from the industry being part of the the committee, and we all had uh, differing viewpoints. And the re the real reason for that is because of the different verticals that we tend to uh, dominate in. So you know, people who have, have healthcare drive have got a completely different view on on manufacturing or even government for that matter, as we mentioned earlier. So those kinds of interpretations were was very interesting to hear different people's thoughts and people's perception of which elements were more important than others. And the reality of a, an appropriate print program security policy is that it has to be holistic, just as if you were looking at, uh, at your, your IT environment, don't, like what Ron mentioned, don't see the printer as being a, a dumb machine that sits in the corner that's not paper. It's, uh, it's a lot more than that now. And the key is to don't allow a single link in your chain of the network be overlooked when you're looking at a security policy. Uh, you know, every single chain is link is important. And if one is weak, it makes your entire chain uh, um, at risk and the potential to break. So what we found going through this uh, process and this document was that it was so difficult to try and leave certain elements out. It really was. We were trying as hard as anything to make the paper as streamlined and thin as possible whilst still hitting the high notes. But it was extremely difficult to leave aspects out because we felt it just it didn't provide that overall holistic understanding of what should a security policy look like uh, in the print environment. Well, this is kind of going to follow up on that answer then. So, so which is more important? Um, the server, the PC, the printer, the network, or the end user? 
which, which one would you secure first? Which one would you not miss? Yeah, so I, I think it, I think uh, Paul did answer that question to some uh, degree in his response there, but I would say my response to that before I did the work on this paper would be very much different than the response I'm going to give you now. It is very much what Paul said. They're all equally as important. So if you lock down your environment so nothing can get into your network, um, but a user clicks on a link in their email, you did no good because you still internally got something inside and somebody's um, exposed that vulnerability to your network. Or you've not utilizing secure print and you're leaving sensitive data printed out on a printer inside your environment and somebody can come by and pick that data up and walk out the door with it. So all of the, that's why you want that layered approach because none of them protect you singly and individually holistically. You have to have that layered solution in place to really adequately protect yourself. Absolutely, Ron, couldn't agree more. And to be honest with you, like what Ron mentioned, it's all of the above, the PC, the printer, the network, the end user, they, they're all important. However, what we, we found and what we realized is that the, the element that has the greatest vulnerability is invariably the end user. The, the reason is that, you, that being as a, as a person, an individual, oftentimes people forget uh, that they are supposed to or not supposed to do something. Do not click that link that says click here and you'll win the lotto, yet people still do it, okay? But it also leaves the organization with the fact that new users are arriving and some people need continuous or refreshes, but the, the, the end user is always the most difficult element to manage and control because you can't just put a script in place and it rolls out across the network and fixes all your problems. A person, everybody is individual in their nature, in their, uh, their way of their, their personalities, everything that they do in life. So, that dynamic um, is something that is always very interesting. It is certainly something that can be, a lot of the holes can be plugged, but at the same time, one has to have an effective and ongoing training program for end users to understand their role in maintaining a security policy. I completely agree. Um, I don't see a whole lot of focus on security assessments or questionnaire process uh, to understand customers' benchmarks and goals. Yes, yeah, so, you know, that is one thing that we, we, and I think Paul spoke to this earlier, you know, as we went through this content, and this was a 46-page document, at one time it had been an even, even larger than that, and we continued to try to get it down to where it was at least something that wouldn't intimidate a reader to, to go through, right? But this is one area that after we, we uh, introduced the document and went through it, we said, hey, we may have missed uh, focusing a little bit on this. Because certainly, um, going into the security discussions with their customer, you want to you be able to pique their interest, right? You want them to understand their vulnerability. So the questionnaire process up front is very important. You want to ask them things that make them start thinking like, oh, I didn't think about that. You're right. A, a, a printer has a hard drive now. It is connected to my network. It is. So why would I treat my PC this way but not pay attention to my printer, 
right? So questionnaires are very important in this process. So that's a good point to make. Um, assessments are another way. So everybody can ask the questions and see if they can pique the interest. Hopefully what you can do with that is then get it to where you can actually do an assessment, right? So today in any MPS environment, you're trying to get a DCA installed and do an assessment and say this is how many devices, this is how many pages you average print. Or you can do the same thing with a security assessment. Go in, look at their environment, see what their security assessments are. Do they have their standard passwords that were on there and haven't been changed since the device was installed? You know, you can read all those things, be able to come back to them and say, look, I looked at your, your standard setup in your environment and you've got three critical issues where you're very vulnerable right now. You have five that, you know, you should address them, but they're not going to cause you, you know, a severe vulnerability in that. So both of those methods, the, the, the questions to, to help them understand and to educate them on the concerns around security, around the print environment, and then that assessment to be able to really hone in and say, look, here's your environment. They do a lot of things. They provide you credibility. They help uh, secure your position as that trusted advisor, all of those things. So it's a great point. It's something I think uh, we should have uh, uh, put a little bit more focus in one of the areas in the document on, um, but it is certainly an important part of your security approach and your conversations with, and moving forward with your customers. And in all honesty, I think, Ron, uh, I would assume you would agree with me that it was actually taken for granted that a, an assessment would be part of the process. And that's why we, we overlooked it. And oftentimes, it, it's exactly that. When you think of it, uh, well, that's an automatic tick box. We don't need to cover it. But it is most certainly uh, an incredibly important element to, to cover. So the reality is, is that you need to ask the question, if you don't know what is broken, how can you expect to be able to fix it? Okay. The same is very relevant to the security of a print ecosystem. You need to do the hard yard, which is surprisingly not that difficult a task if you have the correct technology and skill set to understand your customers' environments and then consult and guide them effectively. The main thing is just don't fly blind. It's never a good idea. And you have to start off by saying, so what you have to think like some like a hacker of who would want to get into the environment. If you can change your mindset on that, then you know how to do an effective assessment. And it would be has in better web server password been changed, like Ron mentioned. I don't want to tell you how many assessments I've been on where that is the most basic aspect that's overlooked. Is IP authorization implemented? Bonjour and Telnet, are they locked down? All these different elements need to be considered and actually ticked off on a box so that the customer can go and have a look and you, they get a high-level summary to understand what are the loopholes in their environment that anybody could uh, take advantage of. And once they understand how bad it is, then you can guide them to say, well, this is how we can uh, adjust it and make it, bring it back to a not-so-bad scenario initially and then a fantastically secure scenario over time. So what is the opportunity for our industry to provide security services when offering print-related services? Well, I mean, I believe it's huge, and, and, and obviously that's why we prioritized it in our efforts and over other initiatives. Um, right now what you have is it's the age-old, um, you know, supply versus demand. 
So you have a, a shortage of skilled security professionals in the marketplace today, and then you've got a, a great threat. So again, day after day, you hear of all these breaches and vulnerabilities that are happening across business. So you've got this increased need and demand for skilled security uh, professionals, but not enough people to leave. So you've also you couple that with you've got internal IT teams. So all businesses are trying to do more with the less, right? So talk to any IT professional you want to, and I guarantee you, they're going to say, yeah, I got way more than I can do, but all we can do is prioritize things and get through what we can get through. So they don't have the time to be able to adequately put the attention um, that they need to, to make sure they're protected as well as they should be. Um, so, and then I, I know my company in particular, but I hear it from various companies, either that I work with or customers, to where they're increasing their security budgets, right? So they're putting more and more money aside to make sure they have protections in place to protect their businesses and the data. So uh, to me, I think it is, just like we discussed earlier in that, make sure you have a trusted partner and you can deliver uh, as full a solution as you can deliver. And, and if you're new to the area and you just want to get started, so I remember in the early days of NPS, you know, people would start off with a bundled cartridge or maybe they would uh, just sell the supply in a care pack or something. Or if you had your own service tech, you bundle in the service of that. But it's slowly, you know, uh, metamorphosis out to, okay, now I'm doing document managed solutions. Now I'm doing workflow solutions. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a much bigger holistic solution. Well, dealers can start today with just offering one solution. They can go out and say, I'm just going to do end user training or I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do threat assessment and then just slowly move up through the stream as they gain knowledge and expertise on what the, what the businesses are truly looking for. Yeah, I'm not sure why I'm on the call. Ron's just nailing this left, right and center. It's absolutely brilliant stuff. I mean, the, but the greatest opportunity, I believe, is, you know, organizations, like what Ron mentioned, have a limited IT resource uh, to support their infrastructure. So they're desperate to have people assist them in maintaining the expectations from their CIO and CTO, because the reality is that their focus invariably is on servers and networks and maybe some point PCs, but they don't want to bother with printers because, you know, what can possibly go wrong with a printer? And we, we know the story behind, behind that one, right? There's certainly a need to have third party, party partners assist these IT um, teams, IT departments to maintain the, the security of their environment. They don't want to look after printers. It's, it's boring work. It's stuff that they don't, they weren't certified on or trained on. It's not where they find their, their enjoyment. So they are very keen and very interested to let that go and let it be somebody else's responsibility so that they can get out of the operational aspect of looking after printers and having to try continuously learn what is the latest threat for my servers and my network and my PCs and printer. It just it's on and on and on. They need to also be able to focus on certain elements. So if they can remove that level of responsibility from their charter and rather put it onto a third party, such as a management service provider, then they can start 
managing that provider as a service have an SLA, service level agreement, put in place that they can then maintain on a monthly, quarterly basis and hold the partner accountable to keeping their environment secure. And it's not only keeping the environment secure, but also keeping abreast of what the industry's uh, potential issue or risk comes to the forefront, that they can then rely on and trust that provider to make sure that they're at the cutting edge of what is coming uh, down the track of people on what they're trying to make security breaches within environments and that they know that they'll be covered, covered by the security provider because they've, they've done their homework. So there is a massive opportunity. And as Ron said, if you have these conversations with the, with the IT department, nine times out of 10, they're going to say, please, we would welcome your help. So following up on that, in your opinion, what are some of the emerging trends around security seen in the market today? Well, I think we've talked about some of them, but I would say one that, that has really caught my attention recently is really security analytics um, and the ability to use artificial intelligence in cyber defense to really help analyze and identify the threats that are out there, um, not only quicker, but in sometimes cases real time. And the way they do that is they just analyze all the different malware, all the different threats that have been out there look at the makeup of those things and then try to walk, analyze the patterns that and the volume of traffic that's coming through your network and then they try to understand patterns so then they can proactively identify them before they actually penetrate or they've actually embedded themselves in your network to me that's an exciting uh, a trend and an exciting capability to, to bring about so uh, uh, that would be the hottest one i see and, and so Ron is quite right, and that's from the outside trying to come in. And, you know, similarly is being prepared from looking on the inside and, you know, being ahead of the curve with regards to organizations to understand what is their security risk from mining all the data from their installed base and mining and mashing it and connecting it to a multitude of sources to understand what is what does this information tell me? What are my true vulnerabilities? And and bringing about the 80-20 principle, you know, 80% of your issues are in a small amount of of your of your areas. So focus in on those areas. Find out where you can make the easiest resolution, the quickest, resolve most of those problems for your customer and Always have your discussions supported and backed up by data. Don't make it subjective. You always want it to be that you are collecting information in a, in a manageable format and a sustainable format that you can have it ongoing continuously through the, uh, through the uh, relationship that you have with your customer. The reality is you don't want to have um, you don't want to have business reviews with your customer you, or you know quarterly reviews. You don't want to look back on, on the past and, and cry over spilled milk and say, if only we had sorted that out. You want to be proactive and be able to be ahead of the curve. And I'm, I'm seeing that's where a lot of the people are going, like what Ron mentioned, is that they can see their vulnerability before it becomes a major risk and plug the hole. Okay. 
and I, I agree with the with the with the being proactive. The, the reactive part is what gets you hurt. Um, in closing, are there any main points about the white paper or topic that you would like for listeners to hear? Let me let me start this one, Ron, if I may. And um, I think the most important question one needs to ask oneself as the owner or president, manager, or trusted sales consultant within the MPS practice is this. If I'm not analyzing and consulting my customers on their security status relating to their print environment, am I truly relevant within the industry? And am I offering my customers who trust me the appropriate service and guidance they expect from me? And that is what managed print providers need to take an outside look in on themselves to say, am I truly the best that I can be to support and uh, and assist my customers in being safeguarded, in being sustainable and being able to be open each and every single day going into the future? Because a security risk or breach can cause one of your customers to, to have to close their doors for a period of time or just not be able to operate. And that's lost revenue. And lost revenue has an impact across the board from service providers into the customer to that customer's employees. So be the best that you can be, I think is where we, uh, is how I would like to uh, wrap it up. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great topic. Uh, I, I would say to me, don't let this data intimidate you. So I, I spoke to the thing that surprised me the most was the depth of the information and the learning that I really experienced from going through this process of putting it together. Um, it's not, you don't have to be a deep technical certified person to have conversations that help educate your customer on the importance of security around prep. So my recommendation is to read this paper, read other papers, learn the topic, and what are the critical points that you'd want to point out to your customers and then use it in your conversations. A year ago, myself, our sales team, we weren't using security in our conversations. We're using them more and more every day and the results have been very positive. So differentiate yourself, use the security message, add value where other people are not adding it and then that will pay off in dividends for you. Gentlemen, this is an absolute amazing discussion and I wish we had much, much more time to ask you even more questions. Um, I'm definitely going to read the whole paper now. I have to admit I only read a couple of chapters, but um, it's just uh, super important as both of you and, and Bill also mentioned. And um, I hope it's okay if I say if anyone on that who listening to that podcast has any questions, um, they can for sure send them to um, education at your mpsa.org um, and, and we can hopefully route them through to you guys and, and you can, can give them further advice where to go to, where to find more information. Um, but for now, unfortunately, I have to say we got to come to an end of this episode. So I would like to say thank you very, very much to Bill McVicker, Paul Peterson and Ron Elfin for putting all the time and effort in to prepare for the, today's podcast. Um, if anyone who is listening to that podcast is not yet a member of the MPSA, I hope this animates you to become a member because there's real value in 
in participating in having access to security papers like what you just heard. And again, if you have questions or if you have in general questions for the MPSA, send us your email education at your mpsa.org. And for now, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye, and I hope to, to see you joining us soon. Thank you very much. Bye.